Welcome to Cultivating Goodness, the podcast where we refuse to settle for who we are by pushing ourselves and lovingly encouraging those around us to become the best we can be so we can better fulfill our God-given purpose. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about why, if something is not hard, it's not worth it. Did you know that you're a lot like water? I am too. A stream of water will take the path of least resistance as gravity directs it along, and people are the same. Life is full of hurt, and we as human beings are really good at protecting ourselves or avoiding conflict if we can help it. Whether you're struggling with keeping a goal or wrestling through relational turmoil or a great number of other things, there is a constant battle between giving up or pushing on. As John Green once said, maybe there's something you're afraid to say or someone you're afraid to love or somewhere you're afraid to go. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt because it matters. It is easier to hate than love and to eat than to abstain or monitor. I got personal experience with that second one when I recently tried to do a week long fast and ended up cutting it down for, I I had justification, justifying reasons, ended up cutting it down to three days because it's just refusing to eat food is really hard to deny because food is really good. And I, I appreciated doing it in the end, the three days, because it gave me a whole new appreciation for food and how wonderful food is. But it is a lot easier to eat than to do the mental game of refusing food. So it's easier to eat than to abstain or monitor, or to give another example in the words of Lin-Manuel Miranda's Hamilton, dying is easy, young man, living is harder. When given a choice, it's humanity's natural instinct to pick the lesser price, but the best things are often the hardest to obtain or keep. To give a specific example in relationships, to repeat Bob Marley's words, if she's amazing, she won't be easy. And if she's easy, she won't be amazing. If she's worth it, you won't give up. If you give up, you're not worthy. Great relationships aren't great because they don't have problems. As Paul wrote, marriages will have worldly troubles. Relationships will have worldly troubles. So relationships are not great or not great based on whether or not they have problems. They're great because both people in the relationship care enough about the other person to find a way to make it work. They care more about the relationship, they care more about making it right than they care about their ego. Besides, how are you supposed to enjoy a destination if you don't put any work into the journey? Great things take time. To give a couple specific examples, Monet, the artist Claude Monet, grew his gardens before he painted them. The meals that take the longest to prepare are the most satisfying. My sister and I were talking about this recently where it can be like, you put all this time and effort into prepping food and then everybody sits down to eat and it's gone within a significantly smaller fraction of time than it took to prepare the meal. But there's something about putting your hands to work and actually cutting and actually stirring and actually cooking and putting a meal together that has a deeper satisfaction than satisfying a hungry stomach. You can satisfy a hungry stomach really quick if you just pull into a fast food restaurant drive through but there's something that has a deeper satisfaction when you actually put effort into preparing a meal. And then even like if you went further in like actually grinding the flour or picking the basil or making the vanilla extract, whatever it is, there's something about putting that extra effort that has a deeper, take a deep breath and like breathe in the, the, the aroma of the food. There's a deeper satisfaction in making something versus just satisfying the 
more so surface level issue of being physically hungry. And then another example is that the relationships that make it through hard seasons are the strongest and richest. They say that soulmates are just two ordinary people who refuse to let the world tear them apart, that the couple who is meant to last is the one who goes through hell and comes out stronger. It is easier to give up than to keep going, but we must keep going. Don't give up. One of my favorite musicals is Les Miserables, which is based on Victor Hugo's book of the same title. And the plot of that musical gets pretty bleak for most of its characters. Like I saw something on Pinterest once that said, here's a picture of my favorite characters from Les Mis. And it was a picture of a cemetery because, spoiler alert, most of them die. The, the plot line for most of those characters gets really bleak, yet the musical, yet the book hangs on to the theme all the more, hangs on to this theme all the more of don't give up. As they sing in the finale song, even the darkest night will end and the sun will rise. It was the same for Jesus. He, more undeserving than you or I could ever be, went through the most severe execution a criminal could acquire in the ancient world because he knew what lay on the other side. Billions upon billions of people today, now, have the opportunity to live forever in the new kingdom because our Savior took care of the debt we could never pay off. I volunteer at my church for the children's ministry skits, and one of my favorite skits that I did, and by far my most favorite lines from children's ministry skits, are these ones that were in this one here that go, that must have been so hard for him to obey. And then my character replies, but look at all the good that came as a result. And I love that line because it's focusing on even, for, especially in Jesus's example of how he went through so much torture for us because he knew that there were billions upon billions of people that were going to benefit from that, that would have the opportunity to accept the gift of grace and to come and live with him again one day in heaven. And then it goes into our lives too, where we are called to make sacrifices. We are called to die to ourselves day to day. And it is hard for us to obey. But look at all the good that comes, is coming, is going to come when we obey. All the good that's going to come as a result. The best things have the biggest price. And Jesus paid the ultimate price for the best thing, eternal life with him. And we are called to make smaller, but still difficult payments throughout our lives. To give a specific example with marriage, marriage is a lifetime of saying, you first. Every day you have to die to yourself and say, you first. I was not given another day in this life because I need it, but because somebody else needs me, because God is working through me to bless another, to benefit another, to impact another's life. Marriage is a lifetime of saying you first. Or to give another example, the discomfort of being active, of working out, of doing activities, physical activities to work muscles, or the discipline of eating well, not just taking a diet, but actually maintaining healthy habits so you can maintain a healthy weight. Both of those must be endured in order to stay fit. Or many hours of work must be put in in order to make a big purchase. If you want to get a car, if you want to get a house, if you want to get a new TV or whatever, you more often than not need to work and save up for that. But all of these examples, marriage, eating well, making a big purchase, all of those examples and more can lead to wonderful and lasting results if the discipline of doing the hard thing is stuck with. I like this quote from an unknown author that says, life changes. You lose love, 
you lose friends, you lose pieces of yourself that you never imagined would be gone. And then, without you even realizing it, these pieces come back. New love enters, better friends come along, and a stronger, wiser you is staring back in the mirror. No matter how bad it gets, better days are always waiting, hoping you'll make it there to accept the smiles and joy that they're offering. Everything is going to be all right. Maybe not today, but eventually. Chances are you have yet to experience your best hug, hardest laugh, or greatest day. I love this verse from Romans. Romans 8.18 says, The pain that you have been feeling can't compare to the joy that is coming. When you are experiencing a trial, whether trivial or heart-wrenching, you are allowed to cry, you are allowed to scream, you are allowed to shake your fists and talk to God about how angry you are, but do not give up. It won't be easy, but one day, whether in this life or ultimately in heaven, it will be worth it. If you would like to review this podcast in a written form, you can read the article version of it, which I'll link below. And then if you have any other questions about something that I mentioned here that you would like more specification about, elaboration on, would like me to go into further, please let me know via some form of contact that I'll link also in the show notes. I would love to talk more about this and to elaborate on anything that you would like more of the perspective that I can give on it. I would love to offer that to you. And then also I'll link in three additional related articles. One is called How to Fight Your Battles. This is an article that's talking about when you are going through a hard time, when you are struggling, when you are merely just trying to maintain sanity and not fall off the edge of depression or turmoil or whatever it is you're wrestling with. This article talks about how do you do that? How do you fight your battles? How do you maintain perspective? I'll link that one below. I'll also link in six reasons why bad things happen. There's a podcast for that. There's an article for that. And this is talking about six of the possible reasons. Of course, we'll never know completely why bad things happen. God may not reveal any specific details to us in our specific situations, and sometimes he does. But this article walks through six reasons that I have observed, have seen, have come aware about of possibly why bad things could be happening. It kind of answers on a deeper level. It answers the question of if God is good, how could he allow bad things to happen? So that's the second article. And then the third related article that I'll link below is what if there was no pain? which answers this interesting thought line here of if you could just take the world and remove all the sorrow, all the suffering, all the pain, all the tribulation and death, like, would you do it? And I feel like most of us instinctively would be like, yeah, if I could remove the things that pierce me to the heart, yeah, I would do it. And this article kind of answers a question of why we shouldn't do that, why it actually is good that there is pain, why it is good that bad things happen as much as they hurt. Um, So the article, What If There Is No Pain, which I'll link below, elaborates more on this different perspective that you don't see all too often about why it is good that bad things happen. So thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to follow and review. And if there was something that you didn't like about this episode or just the podcast in general, please let me know. I'm always looking for ways to improve and to get better. And I would love to know something that kind of uh, sparked a thought in your brain that could help me improve, that could then in turn allow me to better serve you. So please let me know that. But for now, make sure you follow this podcast and subscribe to my blog and follow on YouTube, all of which I will link below. 
And of course, cultivate goodness. 